Hey everyone, this is Jacob. Just wanted to give all of our listeners a heads up. At about minute 40, it sounds like I'm recording from the Rings of Saturn. B and I were having such a great conversation that we felt that we wanted to keep it in. Hope it's not too distracting for you. And please do give us a holler. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Jacob with my co-wrangler, B. B, what are you listening to? I am listening to the cicadas of the summer. <laughs> as, as the dusk, just kidding, I got I got into like a Terry Tempest Williams mood. Just, that's right. I am listening to a whole bunch of stuff. Um, one of them is a really cool playlist. Um by the have you ever have you heard of the uh black national convention uh, i have not no the movement for for black lives is putting together a black national convention oh. and they have a spotify list a playlist that it is oh yes dope. okay it's called bnc mixtape bnc mixtape we'll link to it because that's what we do here oh, it's so good it also made me realize I was gonna text you this the other day. It made me realize that I like Beyonce. I've never been like a huge Beyonce fan. Right. There's there's two or three songs in there that I was like, woo, bad. And you know, so, bad in the good way, like the kids say. The kids. <laughs> Our listeners don't know, but you and I have probably had more conversations about Beyonce than most people. Yeah, and it's the type of conversation <laughs> yeah. that only lasts like five minutes. Like, oh yeah, Beyonce. Oh yeah, I don't really that she doesn't do it for me. And they're like, well, we wish she was like, she would activate her people more. Right. Which I feel like I feel like she may be doing that. That may be a, a whole conversation for another right podcast because I would have to come in with receipts and shit, which yeah. I don't have right now. Yeah. Right now, I just got a feeling. Which, I mean, feelings are good. And that's what yeah. this episode's all about. We're just doing, like, a little catch-up. Because we are, like, we are, what? So March is when this all started. We're now in August. So we're, like, five months in to the COVID-19 right now. But yeah. Five months. Almost. Have, they have felt like an eternity. Like, it's been 84 years. It has been. Yeah. Yeah, when it's we started, Leonardo DiCaprio was just a young man yeah. when we started. And now he's in heaven because he froze his ass. <laughs> Jack. Jack, why didn't you just climb up on that fucking, the same piece the of door. wood, the they door? They both in it. <sighs> We're already going in, off into branches. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ugh. how our feelings are. Yeah. Everybody. We understand that we are all like going through different emotions. Right. Because B, what? you work at home and so you're home like pretty much all the time, except when you go to nature. Yeah. Or the bakery down the street. Or when I go grocery shopping, my or survival th trips. The bakery. I did go to the bakery the other day. <laughs> Ooh, <I'm> so 
Um, what are you listening to? I know that music is important for us. Right. Um, so I will say that not music. Uh, so I yesterday, like at work, and then early this morning, I finished an entire season of a podcast. I think it's just a one shot podcast called the it's called Rabbit Hole. It's from New York Times. And it is about the right wing radicalization that takes place via YouTube. Well, that sounds depressing. It was super depressing and when they when the the host interviewed the ceo of youtube like it made it even more depressing because i was just like so basically does youtube just want to make young people like right-wing radicals because that's what they're doing and then like and then they compared it they didn't go in depth but then they compared it to tiktok where like tiktok is like so far removed from politics like intentionally that like TikTok will not allow like political stuff on their their like homepage. I don't use TikTok, so I don't know how that looks, but like yeah, the, yeah, it's like the first platform that uh, that the president of the United States is trying to ban, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So that's that was m most recently what I listened to. Although I just also listened to I'm listening to another podcast from Serial and New York Times that's called um. Let me get it here. It's called Every Night time you tell me podcast about that you said cereal, I just like I figure like, you know, Fruit Loops. Right. And it's not Fruit Loops. It's called Nice White Parents. <laughs> and it is it is the most uncomfortable podcast I've ever listened to, I think, at least recently. So it's about uh an influx of white parents into this uh public school in Brooklyn that's that was primarily black and brown students until like these white parents got involved and it's like it's very uncomfortable i mean i think every white person should listen to it because basically the whole premise is this school was doing okay they needed more people to attend the school but then like it got real fucked up because a bunch of white parents started getting involved in it because and it's a culture clash so it's like it's like and, and there's only three episodes so far, so it's not, we're not really in depth yet, but it's like you have these affluent white parents who are coming into a school that is a solidly like working and middle class school, public school, and like the differences of how they handle like their PTA or like programs at the school. And it it's, there's a deep dive into the history of the school in the area as well, so it's, it's, it's three episodes. It's very good it's so far. Basically, like the gentrification of education. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And and the the uh, reporter um, is uh, is white herself, and she got interested because she was trying to find schools in Brooklyn for her kids. And so it's mm -hmm. very interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, and obviously Brooklyn is very different from Las Vegas, but also. Southern Nevada has its issues with segregated schools as well. So, right. um, so it's, it's a, it's a good listen. And I don't normally listen to, uh, New York times podcast just because, I mean, I've listened to serial, listen to S town, but have you listened to 1916? Not 16. yet. S 16, wait, 19. No, but wait, the... 16, 19, my, my dyslexia. No, but this, uh, these two podcasts have ads for it. It's, it's cool. 
I sometimes I lose my English when I'm tired or Word. drunk. <laughs> uh, Word. So that one was amazing. I love this. Sixteen, nineteen. I think I'm gonna start it next. So, you sure? yeah. Well, there's um, ads on this one for it, but both the last two. So, I I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Like what? I listened to Stamp from the Beginning, which I, it felt like it took me like a whole week, like straight. <laughs> like it's a long, it's a long audiobook. Um, I also listened to, oh my gosh, I listened to a really good one that you may like. It's called, the book is called Unapologetic. Unapologetic. And I have to look up the, the full name of the book. It's called Unapologetic, a Black Queer and Feminist Mandate for Radical Movements by oh. Charlene. Oh, God. You'll have to send it to me and I'll link it. I'll send it to you. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I was like, oh, let's see how this goes. One of my friends um, said that she wanted to read it and I found it at the library and they had it and the author reads it. And it was pretty amazing because she is an organizer. So she goes through like her, basically her experience, but also like discovering like the wisdom that she's found. Oh, and the interesting. That she's like found from other people and she's buried into like, lineage like this is where all of my ideas come from which i really appreciate because there's a lot of people that are going to be talking about topics that clearly that they're not the first person to think of them but right they do not acknowledge where that wisdom has come from so this one was really refreshing um so i listened to that one right now i'm listening to a um a fiction one that's called Conjure Women. I is it about I mean, witches? It's it's about it's a it's about like you know who who like like you know some some like brujeria type of stuff. Okay. Uh, and magic and and things like that. But it is in uh like at the end of of slavery, of oh. the period of slavery. So so far it's been it's. It, it's got me hooked already, and I've listened to like half an hour of it. So it's just getting you ready for Antebellum, starring the <laughs> commander of the People's Army, Janelle Monet, is what you're telling me. You know this. I am ready for that. <laughs> I'm ready for that movie. I also listened to um, White Fragility recently. Right. I have a lot of thoughts about it. Necessary for white people to listen to? Well, I wouldn't say necessary, but it's like, um, I would I would recommend it for white people. It wouldn't be the first thing I would recommend on racial relations. I would recommend me and white supremacy first, which I just listened to. Like all of this has been in the last month. That's because I think you got me and white supremacy after I returned it to the library because I think you were the hold. <laughs> you think <so>? Yeah. <laughs> I really like that book and I and I really appreciated that it came with prompts for action and for journaling and for reflection so that is one of the books that I would recommend before I recommend white fragility I would also recommend so you want to talk about race which I read I think it was last year yeah I remember you telling me about it 
And then we just got it both from the Ally Box from Fulton Street Books yes. in Tulsa. So I haven't started it yet, but I am excited to. But I did read, read Me and White Supremacy, or I did audiobook of Me and White Supremacy, which is, yeah, hands down, so I think that's... Good. That's that's a book that's a book that literally everyone should read, but definitely white folks. Yes. But but it's a such an incredible book. You know what I really appreciate about both me and white supremacy, and so you want to talk about race is that they're both very concise and direct, and and just like it's it's just like boom boom boom. It's just a whole bunch of like shots of wisdom and um and information and there's a lot of data i just really appreciated them yeah both of them and i think as a person of color i think that it's it's books that i they helped me i learned a lot on not only like when i was reading so you want to talk about race last year it was like she was helping me she was like giving me the vocabulary to have these conversations to kind of like express my feelings and, and, and help me, um, help me express like part of my experience. So it was mm. very powerful to me because it did give me those tools and, and, and how to have these conversations. And it helped me with like, you know, I don't always have to have these conversations. I also have to honor like that this is a lot of work that this is a lot of emotional labor so i did appreciate mm -hmm. those two books a lot that's great have you been listening to any audiobooks yes so i also listened to me and white supremacy i think my favorite part about it was the action steps so um uh, earlier this or during the shutdown but um a, a little while ago i listened to how to be an anti-racist and I, I love that book and I'm very excited that it's gotten more prominence because I think it's a very important book, particularly because it delves into a little bit more of the history than, than other books that I've read. Um, but uh, I didn't feel like there was this many action steps from reading it. And I thought like me and white supremacy, I mean, it asks you questions. It has steps for you to take and it's, really encourages that reflection that I think is super important. Mm -hmm. um, and particularly as a white person, like I, th I feel like it's really important. And even as someone who like didn't start having these conversations and didn't start this work recently, like it's been, and I, and I'm not like, like I've started, the, I started this work before the most recent, um, you know, uh, resurgence of the movement, but um, it's still really good to like, ask yourself those questions and reflect on those questions because like as a white person, like I, I don't have to think about these things. And so there are times where I don't, and that's a really hard, like it's hard to reflect on that because it's like, yeah, there's times that I did or said or acknowledged or accepted things that I shouldn't have accepted. Um, and because it was easier to do that than it was to not do that. And this is lifetime work. Right. right? Yeah. It's kind of like you can't go on a diet and you don't get to be skinny. And uh, like, right. I guess I'm talking from my experience. Like, in order to like, <laughs> get to be like healthy, you have to, it's a lifestyle, lifestyle right. thing. And I think that's like how like allyship and um, 
and equity that's how it works it's not like oh i just need to do this one thing for three months and then i'm done right and i think that's a really good analogy is that this particularly i think for well i mean i think really for everybody but i think for for white folks speaking as a white person like it is like a diet or like it's not a diet it's like changing the way that you think about food so because mm -hmm. the diet is short term right so we think about diets and they're like quick fixes like i need right. to lose 20 pounds before this wedding or before the summer but like mm -hmm. working on your thoughts and your your like the system of white supremacy that we're we're, we're born into it is like we have to change our whole entire way of thinking about things right. like you do have to think about the entire way that you think about food, except for white folks, like unlike with food is we, we have the, we don't have to think about it. That's the thing is we're right. born into it and we make the choice to start thinking about it or not. Um, right. And that and is, that's the thing. That's the first step right there is acknowledging it. And it's something that you always have to be like checking on um, and questioning things and just like recognizing anti uh, uh, racist ideas. Right. Because, and this is also as, as a person of color, that's also true because we are in a society where the norm is like, it's, it's everything's designed to uphold white supremacy. Right. So we like consistently have to question things and question actions and, exhausting but yeah. also you did mention though you mentioned how to be an anti-racist stamp from the beginning is um also from the same author right and that one is the one that is basically like i don't know that it would be a, a like a super comprehensive but it, it feels like it mm. uh, it feels like dang like this is like a a, a good history of both racist and anti-racist ideas and theories and it, it was very informative i learned a lot especially yeah. because i i'm not from this country right right um so i don't know a lot about like the history and it does focus while it goes a little bit into like europe like european like pre-american colonization um and it touches a little bit in, in like Central and South America, just a tiny bit. Um, it's, it mostly focuses on, on like American history. Right. Which I think, which I mean is really important, um, obviously for us that are living in the United States, but that's one of the things I liked a lot about me and white supremacy is because the author has lived not only in Europe, but also in the Middle East. And I thought that was a really, so, so it's, it makes the, the issue of racism not seem so domestic for us here in the United mm -hmm. States, that it is a, it's a global thing, which I mean, you and I have talked about many times that like those of us in the United States have such a sole focus on what happens in the United States, but this isn't just like white supremacy isn't just the norm in the United States. It is the norm in much of the world. Right. Um, and so it's not just something that we deal with here in the United States. It is something that is dealt with in much of the world. I mean, there's a reason that English is, is the language of so much business and that's because of white supremacy. Right. So, 
um, which I appreciated that just because that's that's an angle that m many of us don't ever hear, or at least like again as a white as a white American, I don't ever hear that. I only hear like I hear primarily about the United States because that's what the focus of our culture is is an internal focus. So yeah, um, another great book I didn't. So I, I've been listening to a lot of books, um, you know, I've been back at work. So like the audiobooks are a great way for me to kind of like escape. So there's two authors I've been doing a lot of audiobooks from. One is Stephen King, which prior to like six months ago, I'd never read a Stephen King book in my entire life. And now are you so, obsessed? Um, I really like his style. Uh, so I'm not obsessed but I like his style and I've been taking recommendations because what I didn't know is until I read the first, the first one was solely a me decision. I actually, and it was, I read um, his, his alternative history about the JFK assassination, which is great. It's a great book. I really enjoyed it. It's probably one of the best books I've ever read. But then when I told people I had read it, then all of my friends who are Stephen King fans came out of the woodwork <laughs> and were like, you need to read this. You need to read this. You need to read this. So in the last like two months, I've listened to If It Bleeds, which is his newest book, um, Desperation and The Regulators. So I've done those three audiobooks. If It Bleeds has one of the, my second favorite short story of all time. And it's The Life of Chuck. Like second, I mean, like, and Chuck. I have... I have read so many short stories in my life because that's my preferred fiction medium is short stories. Um, and it's my second favorite that I've ever read. Number one is um, The Last Night of the World by Ray Bradbury, in case anybody wants to know. That is the best short story I've ever read. <laughs> and it is short. Yeah. It is like four pages long. Ooh. Yeah, that is my number one I short story ever. I haven't read short stories in a long time, but I in college, that was my, my little escape because I as the world know, most of the world knows if they know me, I'm a slow reader. Uh, so in college, I was, you know, consuming like textbooks. Right. But if I did want a little bit of escape, I would go to um, short stories. They're so great. I need to do a little re revisit. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about like, where are you finding joy? Because and I mean, like, this is very Jacob. But everything that you've talked about, it's it's heavy. Yeah. And or scary, and or like freaking the like, like. So where are you finding joy? So that's a curveball question because we didn't talk about you asking that question. <laughs> I this is natural. I just want right. to know. I need to know this. Which is good. And I think that's a really good question that we should be asking ourselves because if we don't have an answer, that's not good. It's not like helpful right now where we're finding joy. Um, I would say, so recently I did take uh, like nine days off of work and I found a lot of joy going into nature, which is, is my happy place. Um, and so uh, I went to uh, Navajo Lake in utah for a day and that was awesome and then i camped solo at mount charleston solo as in i did not camp with anybody else but there were tons of people camping around me because it is mount charleston in the summer um <laughs> yeah. that was that was pretty great and then um i have i have discovered a new fiction author 
who I am who I am obsessed with. Wait, so his name is Blake Crouch, and uh, so I've read um, two books by him, but I also watched a television show based upon books that he wrote. So I watched the show Wayward Pines, which is a weird show. It's on Hulu. It's super weird. It was on Fox originally. It's it's about time. I am making I am making a Jonathan. What's his name? Face. What's his last? Swan. Name? Jonathan Swan. <laughs> I'm making a Jonathan Swan face <laughs> right now because I do not know what the heck you're talking right. about. I don't know this person. I don't know this show. I don't. It's so it's okay. So I've read. So I've watched the Wayward Pine show, which is about time. And then I've read two of his books, Dark Matter and Recursion, that are also about time. (laughs) But the best part about it, and you'll appreciate this. So he's from North Carolina. Take it or leave it. Do you know where he lives right now? You'll never guess. It's not Las Vegas. Is he in Fayetteville, Arkansas? He doesn't live in Las Vegas. Does he live in Fayetteville, Arkansas? No, he does not. He lives in Durango, Colorado. Oh, my God! (laughs) I have been to Durango once. Yeah. Jacob went to college there. And I lived there for five years. It's a wonderful place. And now my, <laughs> my job people, my job family, they are based in Durango. And when you can travel again, I'm going to task I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to go find him. You I'm are. Be like, yo. He has an I'm office gonna... on Main Street. He may be like in the same building that my office is. Right. And and for those of you that have never that are not familiar at all with Durango, which is totally fine. Main Street's there's like one street. There's like it's like a mile and a half, two miles long. Like like it's not it's finding an office on Main Street would like take like a day, maybe. Or maybe like four hours and then you go drink yeah. beer afterwards. Because it's Durango. If you're looking for the available office, but just right. finding an office like a like if that takes five minutes. Right. And then you go drink beer because it's Durango yeah. and you can find beer everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah. I mean, I didn't either. And then I was like looking him up on Wikipedia. And then it was like, he lives in Durango. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Where do you live? Because <laughs> he got famous and and like sold books. And then he was like, North Carolina, Schmorth Carolina. <laughs> I'm moving to Durango, which is paradise. It's also, <laughs> it has the tiniest airport that I have ever visited. Yeah, it's smaller than my elementary school was. It's smaller than, it's smaller than the Fort Smith, Arkansas airport, which I thought it was the smallest airport I had ever been to. And then I went to Durango. Yeah. So the Visitors and Convention Authority in Durango needs to pay us some money because we're getting everybody is going to go to Durango. They need to at least send us like a koozie or something. I I demand more than that. Because <laughs> you already have one, probably. Yes. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Oh, so so that's those are the those are my audio books and uh, some. And that's where you find joy. Yeah, that that's story. yeah, and I would say that's that's and I'm finding a lot of joy in music, which I always do. Um. And oddly enough, and this will shock you because we haven't talked about it, I found joy in Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore. So, yes, and so I'm getting another Jonathan Swan look from the recent Trump interview. Uh, But it was because the producer is Aaron Dressner from The National, 
So it's the first record of hers that he's produced. So it's darker. He also produced two of my other favorite albums, which is uh, Black Mile to the Surface by Manchester Orchestra, which is one of the finest albums of all time. And, of course, Painting of a Panic Panic Attack by Frightened Rabbit, which may quite possibly be the best sad album of all time. Interesting. Yeah. Not to mention the Nationals albums, also all, every single one of them being sad. So... (laughs) But I find joy in sadness. So So you found oh god, this is so interesting. But I I, I, uh, like it's it's cool that you've been finding joy in nature. I can connect to that. I cannot connect to finding joy in sadness. Right. So where are you finding joy? People can, but I I can't. I've been finding also joy in nature, but it's been very hot, so I've been trying to escape. To, to remote wilderness areas that are higher up in altitude, still in Nevada. I haven't gone out of Nevada yet. Smart. Um, I have been taking my hammock with me. And oh, that yeah. has, I, I have gotten to a point where I, this hasn't, I don't think this has happened before where I'm like, no. I specifically need to just go lay down in my hammock. I'm all, I am always carrying my hammock when we go camping and all. Uh, but a few weeks ago, I called Jose and Ashley and I was like, it was a Friday. I had a Friday off and I was like, do y'all want to go up to Mount Charleston just to like have a little picnic? And they said, yes. So we went and had lunch there and I, it, it, I went because I was like, I need a couple of trees where I can hang my hammock and just like take a nap. And it Hell felt yes. so soothing. It felt like medicine to me. So that's been happening. I, like I was so desperate, Jacob, that there's a couple of trees in front of my apartment building that I was like, should I? go like would i get in trouble if i go put my hammock in there but then i was like no it's hot as heck outside yeah that's the thing it's like hot as hell and i will say you're smart for not leaving nevada because when i left nevada a couple weeks ago uh-huh. terrible idea i mean no masks are you nobody's wearing a mask uh like Utah, I think is just functioning as normal, except they don't, they don't have don't the have tourists. To go very far. You just have to go just a little bit outside of like the Las Vegas metro area, and then it's like COVID doesn't exist. It's a little bit scary, but yeah, you know. But I'm glad that nature. I mean, the pictures I've seen of the places you've gone look absolutely spectacular. So it's been that's been bringing me a lot of joy. Uh, I've also, I've been spending a lot more time with Dwayne, my kitty, <laughs> because I've been working from home. That's been bringing me joy. I've been uh, cooking more at the house, and that's also been good. But you know what? Oh, let me tell you about this weekend. I was going to go camping, and then it was hot as balls outside. And I was like, no, never mind. I'm not going to go. Like, I packed the car and everything. And I was like, you know what? Let me just unpack it. And I'm just going to spend some quality time with my air conditioning. And I did that. But I, it was such a good time. I 
woke up on a Saturday and I've been like, I've been doing a lot of art. Actually, like making time to 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 make watercolors and drawings and this and that. I've been nice. doing some graphic design, and that's been bringing me joy. But this weekend was like good. I did everything with just like an intention to just do what I wanted to do and not question myself and not like and not guilt myself into not doing things that I wanted to do. So I watched a movie. I started knitting a blanket, not knitting, crocheting a blanket for a friend of mine that's going to have a baby. I did some mending and some shorts that I have. I like <laughs> little things that it just felt so good. That's it awesome. It just felt so good. I also wore a dress. I was like, I've been wearing shorts for like 15 months. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so 80, I, 84 I like years. 80, it's, it's remember, 84, it's 84 years. years. Right. So I put on a dress. Um, on Saturday morning, I had a social distance breakfast at a park with just a handful of friends. Nice. But, you know, we took our chairs and we sat far away from each other. We had our masks. It was, it was so good. I just had, I just had a really peaceful weekend. And I think, so you were, you were talking about your podcast. I listened to a, um, IG live on um, the Emergent Strategy Instagram. Yes. With Adrian Marie Brown. So if we want to talk about obsessions, I'm like totally obsessed with her wisdom. Yes. And she was talking about, she just came back from sabbatical and she was talking about going to sabbatical and her process of just like resting. But also that happening. She was in Italy when COVID was getting really bad in Italy. Oh, okay. so she talked about like being on sabbatical while this global pandemic was like coming to its peak internationally because we're right. still there. Right, right. Yeah, we are there. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, but she was talking about that. She was so, so her conversation and like about rest and enjoy as like embracing joy in her everyday life and um, finding joy in resistance and building movements and finding joy in like her body and in her like surroundings. It just left me so inspired. Um, I listened to that on Friday, Friday. It it was like at one o'clock and he, I think that's where I started to like get my peace for the weekend. Mm. Because just listening to her really relaxed me. I was making the food for the camping trip. And I was doing that. And then I wanted to jump in the shower because I usually shower right before I go on a camping trip because I never know when the next shower is going to come from. Fair. So I jumped into the shower and I put my, like, I put the speaker on. I connected my speaker to the phone and I continued listening. And it was just so soothing. And I was like, like, just listening to that felt like rest to me. You should listen to it. It's a, like a full two hours. And oh my gosh, she we'll says link something. it. We'll link it if we can. We'll link it. Yeah, yeah, if we can. So she says something. You know, people, when you're on IG Live, you like comment and you throw hearts and you throw emojis. Well, she was ignoring everything. She was just like there and like just that alone was like such a presence, you know? Like she was just like speaking from the heart and having this conversation. And and she says something about like she was very 
um, very, she says something that she, she phrased it as rigorous play. Oh, interesting. Okay. And she is a Virgo. And if you know about these things, Virgos are like that, like, like they got a schedule for scheduling. Oh, okay. They're very rigorous about everything and they want to fix the world and all of these things. And they want to fix all their friends and, you know, like Virgos. And she said, she said something about rigorous play. And I was like, that is the most Virgo thing I have ever heard. And I put it as a comment. I hadn't been commenting because I know I noticed that she wasn't paying attention. But I put that comment <laughs> up. And it, she, she saw it and she like giggled about it. And she was like, ah, the Virgo. That is funny. Jacob, I was on cloud nine. I was like, did she just notice my comment? Oh, God. I almost passed out. I... I mean, the fact that you're two of your favorite people that are famous in the world have acknowledged you personally since during, this pandemic. during the pandemic is a huge deal. The other being Lady Group Love, Hannah Cooper. Yes. So Hannah Hooper. Hooper. I, Hooper. Yes. Hooper. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So Lady Group Love and Adrian Murray Brown. Adrian Murray Brown. That's really the two most important people in the world that are not to wane. So basically or my mom <laughs> right of course because yeah, your mom's they, the best yes it's true oh my gosh i <laughs> i was like this just happened to me i was just so happy you know it's the little things right um so yes i am um and you are too in the middle of reading oh my gosh Adrian brown's book emergent strategy i want i want to give up awesome. all of my teaching just to teach this book but I, I can't do that yet. Jacob, going to and and that's one of the places that you can donate to. And I said you, I said like everybody. Um, they have emergent strategy strategy ideation institutes. Yes, I saw that. Uh, and you can donate to them. But this has been also a source of joy, and hope and intention for me. This book, Emerging Strategy. I started reading Pleasure Activism before I read this one, but then I stopped. And then I was like, I feel like I'm, I feel like this is the continuation of the conversation. So let me go read right. Emerging Strategy. And I am glad that I, I, I put the other one down because now things are making more sense to me. I kid you not, I cannot read this book. I'm taking my sweet time, but I cannot read this book without a pencil or a pen. Because right. it has writings all over. It looks like a journal. It has writings and underlines. It's so precious. I started reading it as an ebook and I had to literally stop reading it as an ebook so I could buy the book because I was like under I was underlining and like cut and pasting so much of it that I was like, I can't <laughs> like this is silly because Literally, I will not be able to reference the book if I don't have like a physical copy. So yeah, yeah so I had to buy. I had to buy it. And I mean, as a shout out, AK Press, who is the publisher right now, if you do like ebooks, which this is not one, they are running a very sweet two dollar one dollar ninety nine sale on pretty much everything they publish. Yes, I do love them. Yeah. I have a, a, a long list of books that I want from them, but I need to get through a few of my own. <laughs> right. But we'll link, want... we'll link them because they have all the three 
uh, Adrian Marie Brown books, plus a lot of very, they're an anarchist publisher. So that is an anarchist collective publisher, left-wing, left-wing anarchist publisher. I want to read, and I don't know where we are on time, but I would want to read just a tiny portion. Do it. That I feel like it's magic. I have a little heart next to it on my emergent strategy. I book. I hope it's a part that I have already uh, like copied and pasted. Highlighted. But yeah, go for it. It's this is like a, two parts of a of a paragraph. But the first part that I underline it says the adaptation is up to me, and just for. Well, you're probably going to recognize where this is from. The adaptation is up to me. And then she continues. How often, how quickly can I become aware of the miraculous nature of the moment I am in and adapt towards the pleasure available in that awareness? Sit with that. Just like, this is why it's taking me, I am a slow reader, but it's taking me like extra long to, to get through this book because I read that and I put the book down and I just sit and I just like let it, let it like enter like every single cell in my body and then i read it again like 10 times and i'm like this is like light coming into my brain do you want to share do you have anything that you've like either copy and pasted or like yeah i do this is Um, a curveball because this is (laughs) this is um so she talks a lot about the like so many movements and so many organizations. And of course we both work for nonprofits. So many organizations are based upon the personality of the leader and not the movement or not the work, which is really detrimental to what we're trying to do. Um, But so, so one of the things I think is just such a great reminder uh, when, when it comes to movements of any kind or organizations, she says, lifting people up based upon personality replicates the dynamics of power and a hierarchy that movements claim to be dismantling. Yep. And I think that is such a impactful statement mm-hmm. um, because it is so much like so much of movements are so people based and I will say, and I'm going to get political for just a second. And and Adrian Marie, and I I don't know her like, I don't know. I mean, I have an idea of her politics because her politics is love. Like, I think that's a lot of obviously what her yeah. her politics are. But like, so recently, so this week that we're recording, and we're going to release this the following week. Like, Cory Bush in St. Louis, a Ferguson activist, just won the Democratic primary for. Uh, Missouri for I think it's Congressional District 1 which is the heart of St. Louis Um, she beat a 20 year incumbent and it's a Democratic district so there's really no way that she'll lose Um, but my favorite thing so so literally the night that she won when the totals were in she posted a, a Twitter and an Instagram and it just said not me us which was Bernie's slogan which we know but yeah. like that movement is not a it's personality bigger, movement, right? Yeah, it was not. It was not. It was. It was that 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 line that slogan. Yeah, was bigger than Bernie. Right. He, obviously, I mean, and here we have, you know, we have somebody who is a who was one of the, you know, prominent Ferguson activists who literally was like she was an she was just a mom, like she's just a, a mother of. Like she's a a black mom and here she is she's gonna go to Congress, which is gonna like rock fucking Congress. 
like because there is there is an someone who is an activist like through and through who is who is going to congress and i mean if we're going to talk about like the legacy of john lewis who just recently passed like cory bush is that legacy because she is someone who is who's who is in the streets like and that's where and 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 again it's not about the person but it's about the movement and so it's like that movement having a voice in congress is going to be just like amazing yeah i am inundated with joy right now <laughs> yeah thanks for this time and this conversation i was very tired and <laughs> me too like i'm energized now yeah i mean i will say yeah. that cory the cory bush news like was the th that is probably what has given me the most joy in the last like like existent like intrinsic joy i've had some other things like personal things but like as far as like i feel joy in my outlook for the world that was like a big thing because that's huge that yeah. is just yeah oh and for <sighs> our listeners you and i don't they don't know but we have a, such a love for st louis so yes it's a very do. special place I have a shirt that says St. Fucking Louis that I love. Me too. Um, I would like to. <laughs> I would like to hear what other people, where other people are finding joy, yeah, or hope, or you know, I I I want to listen to where people are getting their life right now. Yeah, that you know that 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 drive to continue. So, yeah. if y'all want to share with us, where can they do that, Jacob? They. You can do it on our social media. We've got Instagram and uh, Twitter at Wild and Free Pod. Um, we we check it all the time, obsessively. Maybe I'm on Twitter too much. I speak for myself on that. You can also email it to us at Wild and Free Podcast at gmail .com. And uh, yeah, let us know. We want to know where you're finding joy, where you're finding hope, um, yes. and we want to share it because that's a big deal right now because we know it's not easy like it's not it's not yeah. easy it's not it's not fun for for everyone there's a lot of shit going on the world's not it's not the, the most enjoyable thing so right but it's yeah. still so i think joy and hope is what is going to get us through yeah so it's important that we keep like looking for it and finding it so Thank I you. Agree. It's been great. So who's part of our team? Let's see if I remember. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Allison, who is in Michigan right now. That's right. So Ashley and Jose, who are our producer and our research assistant. Um, right. Their little doggy, which is Raven. Their Raven. little human baby, who is Sebastian. <laughs> And newly added to the team, Dwayne. That's right, Dwayne, who was talking to me earlier, but has ceased his... <laughs> it's because I closed the door to my room so that, you know, I wouldn't get noise. And he was like, hello, no closed doors in my house. <laughs> closed doors, closed hearts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this has been wonderful. Everyone, enjoy and... Uh... This has been Wild and Free, Battleborn Podcast. See you later.